job. Killer is dead. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going okay. I'm going to just slow down <laughs> just a tad. Yeah, I figured if I, if I just get it all out there, uh, less likely I'll screw it up by uh, messing up the pacing. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I never get to do the intro anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just I kind of just stole that. <laughs> yeah, I think we try to like mix up some things for diversity. Wow. Like maybe people appreciate this, but we never get feedback anyway. So I don't know. <laughs> We've kind of just stuck to one format for the most part, and I th- feel like that works. I have religiously been checking Facebook to delete all comments that are like, "Hey, you should let Dave do the intro more." <laughs> Interesting. That's why I keep getting these ghost notifications. Yep. You have a new notification. What? Ah, uh, hold on. <laughs> Stuff about the podcast. This is the only thing people say about the podcast, too, is that you should do the intro more. Nah, people like your voice. Yeah. So Weird. Are we... <laughs> if Weird. you're here just for my voice, I'm uncomfortable. Let's just establish that. <laughs> I'm, I'm essentially the beard for your voice. <laughs> people don't like my voice. They like your voice. But they're like, oh, no, I got to hear both of them talk. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just our Polish audience, though, so... Speaking of our Polish audience, Killer is Dead is not a game made by a Polish developer. It's made by a Japanese developer, but that's another country that's not in the United States. I'm, I'm even learning, thank you. <laughs> I just I like letting you go off on these things. I'm like, I'm not giving you a line back. You're, you're fucking there. I'll, I'll make like a full circle back eventually. I'll, I'll find a way to, to loop back to Killer is Dead, a game... That we both played, so we could provide some context for this episode. Last, last quick tangent. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Parks and Recreation? Uh, I've only seen clips of it. I've never seen. Do it. you know who Purd Happily is? I do not know. Right after this, <laughs> I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Suda Fifty One game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're gonna have excessive violence and mm-hmm. titties, right. or just hypersexualized violence. Yeah, Pretty like, much. Th- th- like there is uh, definitely a lot of uh, hypersexualization going on, and very little uh, actual like sexual content going on. It's yeah. all like ancillary to everything happening. Like your main, the main character is likes checking out like hot babes. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, there are technically gigolo missions throughout the game. <laughs> yeah. But, again, it's just, like, weird, random bullshit they added. Primarily, though, it is, like, a third-person beat-em-up. Yeah. You go around with a katana, you build up your combo. Um, you get to do cool, quick dashes and dodges, ducks yeah. and dives. And then you also have a fucking gun arm. Yeah, you got this, like, cybernetic, vaguely alien-looking... Not even vaguely, alien-looking gun arm just, like, attached to your body. Yeah. Uh, Called muscle back. <laughs> That's never explained. <laughs> but they'll give you random tips throughout the game, like, "Hey, did you know that muscle back can be like transformed into human hands to like get through scanners?" I'm like, "Why'd you tell me that?" Like, <laughs> I'll figure that out when I hit the button prompt. I don't need to know but that. Like, it, it, I don't know. They just added stuff for for adding stuff. So yeah, this game kind of fits in with other hack and slash action games like um, Double May Cry, uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, things like that. It's 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 more toned down um, as far as content, I think, than those yes. games. Uh, if you've ever played like 
3D games from the late 90s, early 2000s, where it's like, we're just going to give you a bunch of rooms, and you'll go through killing enemies in the rooms, and that's your gameplay, and you'll mm-hmm. be happy with it. Like, that's that's basically what this game is. Uh, there's some variance to that, but for the most part, it is a linear. You're here for the combat-style game. Yes. Um, but, I mean, it's entertaining enough as that. Yeah. Like, it's not a crazy long game where you feel like you're grinding out and the combat's not interesting enough. Mm-hmm. I think it does enough of a good job to kind of string you along with the, I'm going to use this term loosely, <laughs> plot. Yeah, yeah. And, like, other random shit that's going on where it's just, it's a fun, what was it, like, nine, ten hours tops? Yeah, it's not, not a long game whatsoever. Uh, it's sectioned into episodes, of which there's... 13 if you count the uh, Nightmare Special Edition content, right? Um, but you could stop at any point there, and it's, it, you'll, you'll have spent like half an hour to 45 minutes per episode. That's about it. Uh, not even. Some of them are real short. Yeah. I'd say like you're usually looking 20 to 30 mm-hmm. on stuff, but some of that gets a little padded out from like cutscenes or small things in between. But if you know what you're doing... And you like you don't fuck up. I'm sure it'd be quicker too. Yeah, I just don't have that skill. There's also like this is the type of game where they were perfectly fine giving you some tasks that are just gonna. It's a figure it out kind of task. Um, so an example of one of those is uh, for the episode 51 uh, nightmare mission. There's a section where it's just you're in the dark basement. Find the way forward. There's a bunch of paths that don't lead to the exit, and then there's one that does. And you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll, like, brute force this. I'll figure it out, right? Yeah. Like, And there's other sections like that in this game. You're like, hey, find these enemies. They're hiding. Your controller will rumble when you're close to them or something like that. Hope you've got rumble functionality. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, those those are all things that could make it take longer. But if you, all, if you already have beat the level, you could speed run it pretty quickly. Um, the moment-to-moment gameplay, though, this is... Pretty pretty handily in that action hack and slash space, where uh, you're going to be fighting uh, enemies pre- predominantly called wires, which uh, the protagonist doesn't care. His, his name's Mondo, by the way. I don't know. Do we ever name him? We, we've not named anybody. <laughs> yeah. So we've named his arm <laughs> well before we named him. Protagonist Mon- is Mondo. He's kind of this really lanky guy in a suit. Like if you ever watch Code Geass, he's like that type of lanky. Yeah. I was going to go for Joker, but Code Geass actually fits even better, I think. Um, yeah, it's 100% him. He's got uh, like a very long two-handed katana that he uses one hand for predominantly. Uh, he has two-handed attacks as well in there. Is it only two-handed attacks? I wasn't paying attention. I actually <laughs> realized I wasn't paying attention either. I'm sure a lot of it is actually two-handed. Yeah. Um, there are some things later on where you like build up combos, because mm-hmm. uh, you remove the limiter from the katana. Yeah, I think you can do that twice, and if you get your combo upwards <clears throat> of like forty, fifty, um, you start having like these multi hits, mm-hmm. but you're also kind of like jumping around and like blade dancing. Yeah, so like you'll kind of do like a, a cartwheel forward, and like it'll hit three times. And I think at that point it's just kind of one handed. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's got like like you mentioned the combo system where you're dealing more damage as you've uh, managed to not get hit. And a lot of times, games like this will have 
like maybe an upgrade or a lower difficulty or something like that that's like you can take one hit and your combo's uninterrupted. I, I didn't find anything like that. It was just you got tapped by someone's ranged projectile, end of combo, start over. <laughs> yeah, you can't really switch your camera angle. No. Well, sorry, you can't lock on. Mm-hmm. You can use the right analog to be like, oh, I want to look over here now. Yeah. But in that moment-to-moment gameplay, it's kind of difficult to do. Yeah. Because usually I'm trying to get in a couple of hits and then like dash back, make sure nobody sneaks up on me and just kind of like lightly taps me, excuse me, sir, yeah. and breaks my combo. <laughs> it does have a, like a claustrophobic camera angle at many times, too. Yeah. Like games from games like this in smaller spaces uh, oftentimes struggle from that. So you can get hit. By the, like, from the side, if there's an enemy that you don't have on your screen, really, really easily. But um, yeah, for the most part, you're using your gun in the farm, the farm, then <laughs> the form of muscle bank, uh, which has like a couple different configurations. Um, you can unlock um, a drill. Yeah, a drill. Uh, there's a freeze mode, which like shoots these freezing projectiles, and uh, a charge up like stunning energy blast mode, which is the one I like used very real like very heavily mm. and what's kind of funny is we've been talking about like the combat hut similar to that but they've mentioned the gigolo missions that's where you unlock some of these gun functions yeah it's like i went through you start off with kind of like a mini gun mm-hmm. and or a little gatling gun and i went through that for the whole game i did one gigolo mission to see what it was again because it's been years yeah and how would you describe those missions? What, what's your what's your objective there? What's so you, your, your you're at a bar. <laughs> you're sitting next to a lady who is minding her own business or having a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, you stare at her and take pictures. <laughs> I mean, not actual pictures. Yeah, I was gonna say. Did the, you take pictures? Because that's not part of the game. <laughs> I might be thinking of a different game, which we probably should never cover. Um, but like, you stare at like her face, her chest, her thighs. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get X-ray glasses at a point too. Yeah. Um, but you essentially build up these points. It's, it's what are the points called again? Guts. Guts. Yeah. It's yeah. worth mentioning the X-ray glasses don't let you like see X-rated content. You still see underwear. You yes. just yeah. It's not like it's one layer X-ray only. Yeah. It's not TSA level X-ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> But after you have enough guts, like you've built up enough courage, and then you can give a beauty mm-hmm. a present. Yeah. And this is something that you've brought from the shop mm-hmm. in between levels with your in-game currency, which isn't used for a whole lot outside of like maybe some some upgrade slots or buying presents primarily. Yeah. And the upgrades are super expensive. Like yes. most of your money will go to presents if you are playing that part of the game at all. Um, but I mean, if you want the drill. You have to seduce this lady, mm-hmm. and then if you give her enough presents, she's like, "Let's bang!" Yeah, and then you kind of like walk off together. <laughs> it it fades, uh-huh. and then like you wake, you kind of like put on your clothes and like leave, mm-hmm. and you also you're like, "Hey, you you have this weapon now." Yeah, she gives you some gift, and this this game has a lot of cheese to it. So, uh, it, when you succeed on a date. Um, there's actually a voice <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about there's a voice I'll, I'll, I'll get the clip and I'll just put it right here uh, so that you guys can experience this as well I made this especially for you use it with care so, so that happens and 
uh, for that particular date, the one you're talking about, um, I think it's Natasha or something. Is mm-hmm. her name. Uh, uh, Mondo gives you, the player, a thumbs up <laughs> at the successful completion of the date <laughs> before walking off. And it's just the stupidest thing. Yeah, and again, it's not one of those things that the game needs or benefits from. Um, they just, they have this extra stuff, and a lot of it seems to be for shits and giggles. Yeah. Which and, is fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it has mechanics built around it, though. It's like, it's, it has, a, it's not just a side section of the game. Like, every time you buy a gift that you're going to give to one of the beauties, as they're called, mm-hmm. there's like four of them with the, um, uh, the Nightmare Edition. Uh, every time you buy one of these gifts, the price goes up. And Mondo, like, he pays a lot of money for gifts. I don't know exactly why. But I'm pretty sure by the like the third time you buy like a pack of gum as a gift, it's like thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh yeah. Every time you buy an item, the price goes it's that same price again and then goes up like ninety thousand at least. Yeah. It's absolutely stupid, but uh I don't know. It's it's part of his character. So Mondo as a character is very dismissive of like uh violent he he's not a very violent individual. He has a job. Which yeah. is executioner, um, and he uses this money from his job to fund his his outings with all these women, basically, because <laughs> he's paying thirty thousand dollars per pack of gum. Yeah, it's a interesting means to an end. Uh, but you do work for the government, I think, or some yeah. section of government, private sector. <laughs> yeah, where you have your boss Brian, who's. Mm-hmm. This big black guy who's half cyborg is right. always smoking a cigar. Like cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> um, there's Vivian, who's, I want to say, like a slightly English blonde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's like a motorcycle driver and does something else. <laughs> um, you have Mika, who is strictly there for comic relief. Yeah. And I'm. 99% sure that the English voice actor is the same as Amy Rose. <laughs> there are a lot of times where she goes like, Mondo, Mondo, and I'm like, Sonic? I hear it. <laughs> and they're kind of like the ragtag cast. Yeah. They usually do not interact on your missions. Mm-hmm. It's more so in cutscenes. But yeah. occasionally, to kind of break up the gameplay, you might have like a, a swarm of enemies show up, and you're like, you roll up the sleeves, like, okay, you're going to get the Murder Spriano with the Katana. Yep. But then, like, Brian or Vivian will show up. Let's use Vivian in this example. Yes, yeah, okay. She goes up on her bike, uh-huh. uh, kind of pulls out her hand, that each each hand has a gun, uh-huh. and then her arms multiply, and she has, like, 16 arms. <laughs> and she's just, it's this fucking bullet storm while she's laughing wildly. It's the stupidest thing. It doesn't make any sense. Again, Suda51, so. Oh, my gosh. Is that justification? So yeah, that that's her thing, and I actually forgot about it when I was replaying this game, and yeah. it happened again, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just, this is a game that doesn't care about whether you are drawn into any sort of immersion with the game whatsoever. They don't care about that. They realize it's a game, you're playing a game, they will treat it as such and remind you that it's a game at many points. Um, so that's her ability. Uh Brian's is a uh, a very very large minigun. He basically unpacks from like a suitcase essentially, mm-hmm. and then he stands like with his arm in the side of the gun, and then allows you to use the rest like the main gun as a turret. Yeah, and it's it's dumb. It it's real dumb, but 
I mean, actually, Mika does play a role, too. Yeah. So if you ever die throughout a mission... Oh, yeah. And you actually lose all your health, you be like, hey, do you want to continue? Mm -hmm. If you want to continue, you have to use what's called a Mika ticket. Yeah. Um, at which point... Mika kind of like jumps out of the sky, sits next to you. She's like, no, you're dead. And she beats on your chest <laughs> yeah. while screaming, Mondo, Mondo. You have to Gets smash your heart X. rate back up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you are revived. And then she disappears. <laughs> so you can, just, you can just buy those tickets between missions. You're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy more tickets so that my sidekick will revive me, basically. And uh, in universe, she also uh, is capable of cooking soft-boiled eggs. Uh, for Mondo, and that's that's the only thing Mondo eats. So that's, glad we added that in. That's um, something. <laughs> but I mean, they also put it into the game and talk about it a surprising amount. So. Yeah, it's not even just a one-off. <laughs> no, it's not like a hey, that that was weird. The number of cutscenes that have eggs in the game is probably significantly higher than the number of cutscenes that make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's a troubling but true statement. <laughs> uh oh. But uh, yeah, those are the main characters, like you said, the core cast. Um, most of the, the enemies that you fight, uh, basically you'll have a target for each mission. So starting out, uh, the episodes all have uh, kind of cool names, and if not cool, then at least mysterious names. And um, it'll list what the target is, give their name a lot of times. Sometimes it's just question marks. But uh, to, to start it off, uh, it is the man who chose the moon. Which is basically the tutorial, um, teaches you some like basic mechanics, but uh, for the most part, it's you walking down an alleyway towards a guy trying like shooting a gun at you, um, as Mondo deflects everything with his sword. Yeah, that you don't get to do in the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can unlock it later, I think, but really? it's uh, yeah, like a reflect skill. Hmm. But I don't think it operates the exact same way. Um, and then uh, you basically get to him, and he has this, he, much like you have this um, muscle back, cybernetic arm, uh, he's got a, a gun for a hand, basically. And you get up there, and you, you um, are chasing him, basically, through this alleyway, and uh, emerge just um, in time to be surprised to see, like, is waiting in around the corner. Mm -hmm. And then he, uh, he shoots Mondo in the head. Just like gotcha, <laughs> it's kind of like Matrix moment, right? Um, starts to walk away, and Mondo gets back up, and uh, like cuts his arm off. <laughs> it's a it's it's a violent game. I would still say that that is true, yes. <laughs> but uh, it's it's an interesting introduction that doesn't really provide much context or tell you anything. Even even like with us talking about it now, I don't know what the point of it was. It yeah. was just there. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense. Because that's not like how you revive at any other point in the game. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it teaches you that, you know, some buttons do things. And that's basically what that level's for. <laughs> but I mean, in the second episode, mm -hmm. probably titled Killer is Dead. Yeah. Uh, you're going through an office building, killing some wires, learning a little bit more about your controls and... How to kill things and build up combo. Yeah. You got like your your guard button, which is also your dodge Ooh. if you're moving. Real quick aside. Yeah. Um, if you time your block, you can get like a perfect block or something. Yeah. And then do some action afterwards. But it will prevent you from damage. I think you can do that from any type of enemy. Yeah. 
Um, but if you dodge at the perfect time right before the attack goes in, mm -hmm. you have the option to attack again. Yeah. If you do, time slows down. You go into like this hyperspeed katana slash, and you get like 15 hits in, so which really helps build up the combo so you can keep attacking faster. Mm -hmm. And it just it rewards you. It feels badass. Yeah, it's it's freaking awesome. If you played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, they ha it's really similar to uh, um, the time stop there, where you just completely cut something into a million pieces. Um, it's functionally the same thing yeah. off of a dodge. So most of the time, I was using dodges because they were, you know, safer than blocks. If you get a perfect time dodge, then great, I get to like unload on this guy. And if I just dodge, then I don't get hit. So <laughs> it's safer than blocking. I did that a lot. And then occasionally I'd be like, oh, you did a perfect dodge. I'm like, boy, howdy, that's yeah, badass. Yeah, that's what I wanted. That was intentional. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're, you're in this particular mission in episode two, you're chasing down uh, another, like, mysterious-looking man who, as it turns out, was um, an executioner before you. Mm -hmm. And he uh, basically succumbed to the darkness or dark matter which is it comes up a lot in this game it's your generic evil force in the yeah. same way that darkness is the generic evil in kingdom hearts yes it is it's bad exactly that it's just like oh this guy has succumbed to the uh the deep purple color and that has uh that has made him evil and you're like all right gotcha that makes sense um but yeah you uh talk to him a bit, you know, have this, this, this dialogue back and forth. And then, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, Mondo just like lunges across the room at the guy and carves him the heck up. He gets on like a lot of these slashes and then there's like a finishing one. Oh yeah. Um, but then the guy is still like alive in a cutscene afterwards mm -hmm. where he kind of like <laughs> talks and resolve things with uh, your boss, Brian. Yeah. It's like an Assassin's Creed moment almost, right? Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're dying, but you still have time for this this last last thing. And then after he gets out that, like, that sentence, um, blood spews out of like all the cuts on his body type thing. Yeah, his throat was like cut and he was having yes. this conversation and stuff. He was fucking dead, so. It's, it's pretty silly. Um, but I believe um, for a lot of the bosses, if not all of them, mm -hmm. uh, you will always have the option... Not the option. Oh, you get the prompt to, like, hold the, the trigger button. Yes. And then you say, like, killer is dead. Yeah. Which is like you're saying, I've killed this person who I meant to kill. Mm -hmm. The mission is complete. And then after you've held it, you release it, and then... then the you're usually beheading things. Yes. Highlander style. It is a full-on beheading. And the time, time basically, like, the game is always still and silent in these moments. Mm-hmm. So it's just like hold R1, sword comes back, killer is dead, release, hold and release, and uh, yeah, this is the executing move you'll use a lot by the time this is over. <laughs> also, before I forget, uh, Jake sent me a <laughs> screenshot before coming over, and it was of um, the prompt for hold. I forget against which boss. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of a screenshot I took the other day. Uh -huh. And so I show him, it is the exact same screenshot that we both took, except yeah. mine says release, which means <laughs> it was like probably two seconds after yeah. Jake had took his. 
but if you look at them, they are they are identical. It is the same. Yeah, it's just the prompt that's different. It's pretty freaking hilarious. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, there's a lot of interesting moments like that that'll that come up through the game, but um, the executions stand out as uh, particularly gruesome. Um, and that's that's just he's just doing his job. Yeah. Just doing his job. Um, Speaking of gruesome, though, episode three yeah. <laughs> um, is fucking weird. I mean, mm-hmm. not really a overbearing statement for the whole game, because yeah. every single one's weird. It's a good baseline for the game. <laughs> but when I first played this, it was probably a couple years back. Mm-hmm. There was like a sale on Steam. Got it yeah. for like 10 bucks. Maybe I'll try it out. I heard some good things. Um, so you go into like this kind of creepy candy like house yeah trying to help a girl named alice mm-hmm. um i think elisa is what she gives her name as well initially it's elisa and she's like gotta help my sister alice yeah not the same person no but totally the same person <laughs> um your parents are weird <laughs> tim and uh <laughs> timothy <laughs> really it's like you go through the level i think you have to kill some things explore a little bit yeah but then when you actually have the dialogue where you meet her, she's talking about being in pain. Yeah. And, like, meeting some man on the moon and, yep. like, some other weird shit. And it's you already have, like, a very creepy vibe to it. You're like, something's going on. Something's happening. She's got, like, messed up mascara and stuff. You're like, what's, what's She was crying, Jake. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Suspicious. Um, and then, like, she's crying and, like, actively in pain. And then she stops. Mm-hmm. And then her head does a fucking 180. <laughs> the poltergeist 180. The full yeah. poltergeist thing. And then yeah. it also turns upside down. And then she says some like weird creepy shit. And then... <laughs> she she looks up to the ceiling and yells David. Oh, yeah. By the way, the camera at this point... Like something else happens with like her body kind of like breaks up into like a bug or something else. Yeah. Well, she's screaming like David. Uh-huh. And I'm like... <laughs> At yes. this point in the game, I don't know that it's not like a, a customized Steam thing or what. So I'm just like, it felt very uncomfortable for uh-huh. me at the time. But that was a really cool fight because um, the area opens up. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of like crawling around the room up on the ceiling. And you're she's like shooting bugs at you. And you have to like shoot the bugs. And then when she comes in, you can slash her. Yeah. And a lot of these bosses will also have phases where mm. you do enough damage. They'll kind of be in a staggered state. And you kind of do your execution move on a specific body part. Yeah. Where you hold in the trigger, the user charge of your blood, and then go and rip it off. Yeah. It's your it's your uh, your dead space dismemberment move, basically. Yeah. You're, you're always cutting something off when uh, you see that uh, that prompt come up. Um, and like you said, that's that's usually how you're transitioning through phases and taking off limbs, um, leading up to the final execution where you get the voice line. That one's always slower paced, um, but. There's a lot of dismemberment in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's a weird fight, and leading up to it, you're getting like her cupcakes and other weird things, and she says thank you with the same voice line every time, and it's uncomfortable, and you're like, yeah, like, what am I doing? <laughs> I think though, it's probably one of the more uncomfortable ones, but like every single mission is different. Yeah, like a lot of them. Outside of, like, maybe combat, like, it doesn't have overlapping things. Right. Like, you're doing something else each time, and they try and grab 
elements and themes from different genres mm-hmm. kind of peppered in. And also all the boss fights are wildly different too. It's true. Yeah. So like this one, I felt like you were kind of encouraged to use your ranged options more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pretty much have to to shoot her off the ceiling, I think. And you only have the one gun, like the main mode for that gun, the like uh, rapid fire cannon, um, is I think the only one that will continue to shoot when you run out of blood, which is like the it, ammo. It, it doesn't shoot very infrequently at that point. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple things in the game where you have to shoot something like a circuit board or something to proceed, and that's the way that you don't get stuck. Because theoretically you could be out of blood at that point, and you're, you're like, ah, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. But usually when you hit enemies and kill enemies, you get blood back. Yeah. So that kind of powers the arm, mm-hmm. and you have range options, so you can kind of balance between that. Yeah, Brian the uh, cyborg uh, actually, I think, gives you your sword and, and the lore. It's like uh, called the Geku, and it is the uh, the blood drawing sword. Yeah. So you, yeah, there you go. You got a gun that consumes blood. You got a sword that takes blood. Equilibrium. Everything's fine. It's like if the perfect game of like Mega Man and Zero kind of like merged together. <laughs> I have shooty arm and I have slashy arm. Mm-hmm. Done. <laughs> Unfortunately, in Mega Man, each character only has one arm. So what are you what are you gonna do, right? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that is that is that level, um, and thank you for <laughs> contextualizing that. Yeah, coming coming off of that level, which is uh, a woman of pain, uh, you enter Acronyms. episode four, the man who stole the moon, which is where you meet David on the moon. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> How um, are you doing? How are you doing, I do. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob, to be here. Um, uh, so this is another one of those things where it's. It doesn't make sense plot-wise what's oh, yeah. going on or why you're doing stuff. But a lady asks, comes in, asks you to kill this man, David, who's on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. You're like, oh, it had to be the dark side. Yeah. You're like, what are you guys talking about? So you go there. Um, it has some really good music. We listened to it earlier. It has a very creepy, haunting, melodic thing. Yeah. A combination of like Luigi's Mansion and something else. And it is a mansion. It is a mansion. Yeah. It's not Luigi's. Yeah. It's just there on the moon, too, right? It's, like, standard moon terrain. You arrive, and you've got, like, your space helmet. And then you, like, get through the courtyard, and for some reason, Mondo takes his space helmet off, and he's like, why can I still breathe? He asks that. Yes. That never comes up again. <laughs> Things are not explained. Things are talked about, but not explained. <laughs> oh. But it's a, it's, it's a big mansion. I actually like this level, because... Um, there's nothing fancy about it. You 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 warp between some paintings. Yeah, you kind of like touch the painting, get drawn in, dark soul style. Yeah, and uh, you actually have more variety of enemies at this point. Mm-hmm. You have some of the guys. You have like a giant size, different attack patterns, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. Yeah, and they 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 mix it up like a little bit. Some guys will block, and you have to use like a strong attack, break through the block. Games have done that. You know what that is at this point, right? He's blocking. Uh, guys, I give up. There's yeah. no way past this. Pause game. Look up guide. <laughs> how, do I, how do I deal with this? Google's level four. Bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this mansion on the dark side of the moon uh, with David the Usurper. Eventually you get through, finally um, encounter him. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, he talks about you in this kind of... Talks to you in this kind of familiar way. 
And Mondo's like, I don't. What are you? What are you doing? Like, what are you? I don't know you. I'm here to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I am Mondo. <laughs> and uh, he he knows your one secret, your your deepest truth, which is that you only eat soft boiled eggs. Don't do it me. does come back up. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's a it's a cool initial boss fight. Also, this man may be over sexualized a little bit. Yes, I'm not <laughs> discounting that, but I was just going to comment, I like his character design, because uh-huh. uh, you see him with a kind of fairly simple, like, golden coronet, mm-hmm. and he has, like, this big-ass, almost, like, Akatsuki cloak from Naruto, like, it's fucking big, mm-hmm. and he's up on, like, a, a throne, just kind of, like, clipping his toenails when you Liter- arrive. Literally, yeah. And then, when he actually comes down, he's like, I guess we do have to fight. Imanda goes, yes, it is an action game. <laughs> Direct quote. Yep. And um, he takes off the cloak, and he just kind of has... I'm going to say gilding. Yeah, that's probably the best way to phrase that. Yeah. Kind of like... It's not like body armor, uh-huh. but he kind of has like gilding throughout. He's essentially like in a cod piece, and then like the gilding <laughs> kind of goes around throughout his body a little bit. Yeah. It's... Uh... It's it's the ultimate female fantasy. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. No, but uh, he's he's an interesting boss fight. He's kind of more of a traditional uh, fight for these types of games. He'll he'll charge up like some ranged attacks. He'll hit you with some fast uh, melee attacks. He has this uh, scimitar, is what he he fights with. And um, this is really where uh, having mastered the perfect dodge, uh, like just tears him apart. Yeah. Um, for his fight now, and for any future fight where he may be a participant, perfect to dodge absolutely destroys him. Like, if you just check, because a lot of times after you, like, have attacked him, he'll try to retaliate immediately. And you're just yeah. like, I'll dodge again, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a, there's a sound that plays every time you get a perfect dodge. It's like, huh? like, I don't know, I can't make the sound. But, you know, you know the sound, right? Yes. <laughs> and you're neat, it's, I made... I like a goose sound for some reason, but it's not a goose sound. Um, and you can just chain those together to tear this guy apart. Um, but where you should be able to execute him, as is your right, he uh, he's able to walk off after your arm starts hurting, your, your muscle back, uh, left Thirst arm. Thirst for blood. Thirst for blood. And he's just like, oh, I'm just going to leave. I think you also like... You managed to like cut his throat. You you nick his throat. Yeah, You're but then like... he kind of just like backs out into like just pure blackness. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll be seeing you, Mondo. Yeah. Also, a good voice actor for him too. Yeah, he's got. Uh, he, it's a it's a popular voice actor. If you guys if you guys ever play the game, you'll know exactly probably. IMDb that shit. Let me know. Yeah. We don't do research here. <laughs> we really don't. That's not what we're what we're. We about play the here. game, and that that's it. There's kind of like there's there's other uh, kind of like missions. One the, the the next setting is revisited like three times. I think it's basically uh, Mondo's dreams, um, and you learn more about him as a kid, uh, and kind of a little bit. He's it, he eats eggs. <laughs> yeah, it's but like beyond that, I and also he knew Moon River. Yeah growing up or something mm-hmm. who's the client from episode four but like 
from me to you, Jake. Yes. I don't know how Not, the fuck that let matters. Me, let me stop recording. Into this. the story. <laughs> yeah. At all. It like they it just it's piecemeal stuff. Mm-hmm. Like some of the combat that comes up in those dream sequences. Yeah. Or it's interesting and kind of annoying. Yeah. But I feel like overall it doesn't add too much. What were your thoughts on the dream levels? Because there's like at least two. Yeah, there's there's two. And I don't want to cover both of them. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm lumping them all together here. Um, It's interesting because, I use that term a lot, but because um, in these nightmare worlds, you actually get a lot more exposition about what, who Mondo is and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's lies (laughs) is the thing. Because uh, your dreams are being manipulated by this dark matter uh, person um, named Dolly. She's like this blind seer with like a blindfold. And she's usually the boss of these levels. She has like some cool mechanics in her boss fights, but the information you're learning about like Mondo's past, how he grew up with Moon River, stuff like that, it's actually lies. Like it seems like exposition that might matter later. It's all just lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's like, the yeah. game doesn't tell you anything, and when it tells you something, it's a lie. <laughs> it's it's good to approach from, like, this game is fun mm-hmm. and weird, and leave it at that. Yeah. Do not do not do any deep dives, in my opinion. And this this first intro into his dreams, I dislike more than the rest, because there's a lot of just walking around slowly, going from area to area as it slowly generates around you. And that's not fun gameplay. I'm going to be watching YouTube like, while this happens. Yeah, if you're ever, like, holding an analog stick and, like, doing something else, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you're kind of being gated, and that sucks. But I, I, I mentioned the boss fight here, and I, I do, like, there's, like, there's some fights with wires, all really easy. Yeah. The boss fight itself with uh, Dolly is actually really cool. Um, most of her moves don't really matter, but one of them uh, has it where she'll go invisible, and she, there's a bunch of clones you can fight. Yes. And if you hit her invisible one, the camera perspective switches to Dolly, and you see, like, her arms kind of in front of her, like, first person yeah. from her perspective, and then you see her looking at you, mm-hmm. and you still control yourself, and you have to react to her attacks and attack her while your perspective is from her eyes. Yeah. And that's a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah. Like, that's cool. That's actually cool. Um, but, yeah, the rest of these areas is not particularly compelling. And that sound means it's time for intermission where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. Freedom, thank God. <laughs> not killer is dead. <laughs> it's the one thing we can't talk about. Um, so that Kingdom Hearts 3, have you been playing that new game that's been taking the world by storm <laughs> and I hear is super great? Yeah, I think the, um, the Final Fantasy crowd really just loves this one. <laughs> As there is no Final Fantasy characters in it, from what I've heard. <laughs> so why do you think they diverged from that? I, I don't have a good answer for that, because it's, my understanding is Square Enix actually leads these games on these games. Like, in association with Disney, but Square huh. Enix makes, makes them. <clears throat> so I have no idea why they wouldn't include their own characters. But Otherwise, How are you enjoying it, though? It's very... Uh, so I'm like five worlds in at this point. Mm. It's very much... A Kingdom Hearts entry. Like, if you like Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, the gameplay, the combat, the disassociative storytelling, <laughs> this is more of that. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, if, if you're a really big Kingdom Hearts fan, you're probably already playing this game. You probably already beat this game. You may already have stopped listening to the podcast because I disparaged the game to some extent. But uh, it's it's solid for what it is. It's not going to change anybody's mind about whether Kingdom Hearts is a good series, though. <laughs> okay, good, then I won't buy it. <laughs> um, have you been playing anything yourself recently? or No. No? Um, <laughs> no. Still currently on bits and pieces here. Hades, Dota 2, yeah. Destiny 2. Um, I still really want to get back to God of War. Yeah. So I can give you God of War. Yeah, future episode. But Hades, I know that game is on the Epic Games Launcher, which has a free game for now, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. That is true. They actually had a free game previously. Mm-hmm. They had the Jackbox games. Mm-hmm. But now, what, what free game do they have? Axiom Verge, uh, through February 21st, 2019, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Just pick it up there if you've got an account. Um, if not, then, I mean, you could make an account or you could disregard yeah. Um, so I have an account because I wanted to play Hades and just check it out in general. Mm-hmm. Um, interested to see where it goes, but I will say I have played Axiom Verge. It is a fun pickup for like 10 to 15 bucks. Nice, nice fun little Metroidvania type. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's free, even more Is that reason. a better deal? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Would you pick it up for free? <laughs> uh, if it's free, it's for me. <laughs> so if you want to go through the hassle of signing up, Check it out. Yeah. And uh, I had one other thing here. Uh, I was going to mention uh, Anthem is going to come out February, so a couple weeks out. Probably have another opportunity to mention it at some point. Um, I don't think I'm going to pick it up at launch, but like you said, you've been playing Destiny 2. I've played Destiny 2. This is another kind of small squad shooter-based game. And it might possibly kind of be okay. We'll find out at launch. I just wouldn't jump on the train early. Um terribly concerned because it's EA and how they've approached other things is with a, a hot pile of garbage. Yeah. So EA still please hire me. <laughs> it looks pretty. Yeah. I'll give it that. It's got but cool abilities. I'm expecting them to fuck it up even more than they did the beta. Yeah. We'll we'll see if it comes out good or not, but um it's definitely one I'll be waiting for reviews on before trying to get everybody to play it. Um yeah, other than that, I don't think I have a whole lot going on. But what is compelling is some of these other episodes. Uh, going into the next episode, episode 6, mm-hmm. The Man Who Stole Her Ears. Right. Um, there's a lady who's a musician who comes in as a client and says, Kill this guy who stole my ears. He works for a big sound company. And you go kill dudes. Yeah. It's not a terribly exciting level. It's just a corporate tower, basically. Yeah. Um, and then, then you fight the guy. Yeah, the, the guy is a zombie. Like, a zombie DJ, basically. It's yeah. kind of what it looks like. And there is there is an interesting exchange at the beginning of the fight where he's, like, trying to talk to you, and it's just like... Rawr, 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 and, like, Mondo doesn't understand what he's saying at all. So Mondo just reaches down, like, picks up these headphones, puts them on. And then he's this, like, well-spoken Englishman, basically. Yeah, you know exactly what he's saying. And he's he's trying to tell you his his plot, or his, his plan, or whatever. Great machinations. Mondo's just like, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm mostly here to kill you. Yeah. And then he just he just takes the headphones off. Goes, gets ready for the fight. The guy keeps talking, and he's like, no, we're gonna fight. Um, 
the most interesting thing about this though is when you complete the mission and you like show the lady like here's the guy's head to kill that guy yeah and you'll you'll pay us for our time and efforts is um nope she was a bird and she flies away (laughs) and one of like the running gags of all of these episodes is every contract you get you never fucking get paid for uh-huh. Like the person either disappears or was a ghost is a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, back from episode three, or they're a fucking bird or like some <laughs> other. There's something that always happens where it's like Vivian's always like, "We need to get that contract signed so we can get paid." <laughs> yeah, and it never fucking happens. And uh, Brian's always like, "We'll build the government," <laughs> <laughs> as you do. Yeah. The uh, the next episode here is the tiger that faded into darkness. Which is basically, uh, I really actually like the tail end of this episode. The first part's like busy work here in Japan, hunting down ninjas. And it's not super engaging gameplay for me. It's not. Um, <laughs> you gotta like search for these like Buddha statues, shoot them. I think it's, it's They're not Buddha statues, yeah, yeah. they are Tanuki statues. Ah, okay. Which I know because of playing Gomon right. way back in the day. And also it's a giant raccoon with a hat and like a giant nut sack. <laughs> so... <laughs> Right, right. Tra- trademark Tanuki. Uh, so you shoot those, ninjas pop out, you kill the ninja, get a scroll. Collect all the scrolls, move to the next yeah. area. TLDR. Because you really want to get to that uh, race race with a tiger. Yeah. So this this guy is like uh, Yakuza, and he has a, a tiger tattoo that comes alive after he it basically killed like all the people he was with. And he's like, all right, let's merge. It jumps on his back as a tattoo. <laughs> You know, standard standard stuff. It's it's weird. But he rides the tiger alongside you as you ride a motorcycle with Vivian. And it's like this... I don't know. You try to, like, avoid obstacles and attack him with your sword. And Do you remember um, the bike section of Final Fantasy VII? No. Oh. It's <laughs> like that, but better graphics. Yeah. But still very simple and cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, you just hit him, like, a couple times, and then it's done. Like, that's that phase. And yeah. it was, I don't know. But it is a, it's just a brief sequence, thankfully. Um, and then you get to the boss fight proper, which happens in this, like, meditation area with a bunch of stones on the ground. It's actually a uh, zen garden. garden. Yeah, yeah. Because it actually has, like, the raking of the sand. It's pretty pimping. It is actually a really cool area. And it's a cool boss fight, too, because... Um, he basically starts, you know, in human mode where he just uses uh, powered up melee attacks with his dragon spirit, or not dragon, tiger spirit. And uh, you can't dodge the attacks. Uh, if you try to do a perfect dodge, it'll still hit you. It's like, it's like this tiger swipe at the same time. Yeah, exactly. It's got that like after image hit. But you can block the attacks. And if you do that, you can just beat him up like real hard. Um, then later he. Uh, next phase, he like transforms and he's got the uh, the the tiger like jumps out to prevent you from finishing him off halfway. So now the tiger's like floating above him like it's his stand. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best way to describe it, actually. And uh, yeah, that's you, you go through this and eventually take him out though. Um, and he asks for a samurai's death and goes for his uh, ritual disembowelment. Um, where you stand as his second, and uh, Mondo's just like it'll be. It would be an honor, basically. You get like a sense that Mondo is a very. He has a very, a code. He has a code, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, he he considers this like a tremendous honor, and 
you get the the killer is dead line when you go to finish him off in his his suicide. Um, but it's a really cool fight, and a, a little tidbit I didn't figure out until later: the person who sends in that contract that Brian is like reluctant kind of about, but it feels like it's very personal to him when he sends you off to Japan. Mm-hmm. The person who sends in the contract is the yakuza yakuza leader himself because his uh uh, tiger spirit was being possessed by dark matter which again comes up many times and so he he set out a contract on himself for his old friend to uh come finish him off him him and brian were friends just yeah that was a there, there's one like '80s photo of them in a dojo, and Brian's just like super. They, they sad. have like the uh, like the buff handshake thing going on. They exactly. both like super ripped with tattoos and whatnot. Yeah. Um, that's about as close as this game comes to plot. So it's yeah, dangerously <laughs> close to it. All right, we need to scroll down to the next one. As, yeah. Uh, it is outside of my vision, and my memory is bad. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, the, the next one is uh, very brief. It's Roswell, Area 151, a giant... There's a giant clone of an alien. And the guy who gives you this... Area 51? 151. Is it 151? It's 151, yeah. They, <laughs> they have a one in front of it. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> but basically, this is like your monster movie type thing. Yeah. You go kill... Uh, a researcher who's been transformed into a giant. The initial thing is given to you by the colonel from KFC. Yeah. Is the most accurate way to say that. That's what he looks like. Um, and you kill this giant cookie monster type thing. Mm-hmm. And the colonel is an alien and gives you a son and pieces out. Yep. And I I don't want to say more on that because that's, that's, that's the mission. <laughs> And this is the only time throughout the level where they kind of give you like a time sequence because mm-hmm. the building's being destroyed. Yeah. You have plenty of fucking time. Mm-hmm. Anytime this game gives you a time sequence, it's just like, don't AFK here and <laughs> you'll be okay. <laughs> Lightly push forward on the analog stick. <laughs> yeah. But uh, another weird level coming off of that was the, the Carrier of Love, which uh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe this level. Um, it's it's about a train that was mm-hmm. going to be decommissioned, gets infused with dark matter by David. Uh, David turns it into this like demonic train, and the men of the mission, Brian and Mondo, are like, "This is this is our duty," and Vivian's like, "I understand," and, like acquiesces, and you're just like, "Men have always had a romance for steam engines." I've got a man's passion on my side. <laughs> it's it's so weird. I, I don't even know. I mean, everything in this game is weird. How many yeah. times have we said it's so weird? They'll just kind of like focus in on like one niche thing. And they'll be like, yeah, let's talk about this at least three or four times. <laughs> and you're like, but why? They're like, I don't know. Shrug. Yeah. We're niche. We're cool. So this is just you fighting over a bunch of train carts, eventually fighting the train itself, which has like a demon in the boiler. Like, so, very literally. What's cool about it is, like, the front of the train has, like, a face, yes. right? Kind of simple, like, eyes and mouth lines. And they kind of glow on the other side when you're talking to the train once yeah. you get through the level. Um, then, like, these giant snail-like eyeballs come out from the <laughs> holes where the eyes were. Yeah. Or what look like eyes. And then you you fight that. The holes have eyes. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> um, that's actually really good. <laughs> 
But it's just another another weird one. Yeah. It is quite odd. And other It is fucking cool though to fucking execute the train. Y- yeah. Yeah. You you've already taken out the eyes. You finish the demon inside. Then there's this like dialogue between you and the train and the train is just like, "Oh, it just I wanted to work and it sucks to be like, you know, taken offline. They were going to de- like take me apart." I'm just like, "What am I doing?" And uh there's the execution sequence, like you said. And he executes the train with his sword from, like, 20 or 30 feet away. <laughs> you kind of just throw, like, an energy slash that <laughs> goes through the whole train. Which is not a standard attack at any point it in this game. Uh, but, yeah. As, a, as an aside here, Brian almost dies to a giant snowball. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so after that, there's another dream sequence, which we kind of... Touched on already. Yeah. Um, then we actually go back to the moon. Yeah. To fight David again. It's the only time that they reuse uh, reuse level assets, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but, like, you're actually going there to kill David. Yes. And I feel like you, you, you do it... You assign the mission yourself, right? Yes. He's like, I want... The cop- I want a copy of the contract, is basically yeah. what he says. He's like, I'm going to execute David. Uh, he's found out that uh, David is his brother. Dun-dun-dun! Anime. And uh, he may have killed his mother. I don't know. You can't. You don't know what's real or not in the dream it's, sequences. It's confusing. Yeah. In either case, he cut his breakfast eggs in half, and that's really what upsets <laughs> Mondo. No last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a cool fight, though. This is, this is like, there's a little bit of the the area, the mansion, before the fight with David, but almost the entirety of the level is this ultimate boss fight. And it's very much like a Devil May Cry boss fight, because David is this almost supernatural being, literally supernatural being at this point, and uh, goes to his ultimate form, where he's almost got this, like, you know the, um... I was just saying it's a bit like Terror Blade to a degree. Yeah. Um, and the uh, you know the portrait from uh, the All Your Base Are Belong to Us guy? That I can't remember his name for whatever reason, but yes, I do. Yeah, just the portrait of that guy with the little like eye monocle thing. At some point in the fight, uh, Mondo enters his ultimate form as well because they're brothers, they share blood. They both anime. Have yeah, anime. Because anime. And his face looks... So similar to that portrait, I immediately thought of it, and I don't even know why. But yeah, they just they just fight real fast, and it's another action fight. Yeah, but I prefer the action fights rather than the mechanical ones. Yeah. So if you consider the train to be more of a mechanical fight, mm-hmm. whereas if you have like a person who is your size, um, like the Yakuza boss or fighting David, right? You're actually like dodging and having to concern with like melee attacks like that which i prefer it feels more intense in the moment yeah and it uses the game's mechanics better i yeah. feel like um but ultimately you'll you'll finish david off um and he's yeah right <laughs> also, and then kill him <laughs> but uh he's just like you know um like i we have the same blood basically and mondo starts to just like ultimately succumb to all of his wounds and the pain. darkness and his arm which is like glowing with all this dark matter 
Uh, so in a final act of desperation, he uh, he cuts off Muscleback, his his left arm, um, with his sword. And you're just like, well, good game. Alright, well, <laughs> see you later. And um, his arm regenerates. Yeah, his 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 arm comes back, but uh, before you even see that, it cuts back to the the office, and Moon River comes in like the first time she asked for uh, a contract to take out a contract, and uh, says, "Please execute this man." And Brian and Vivian are both really kind of somber and quiet, and uh, then it cuts to. Uh, Mondo, as he's there with both of his human arms facing away from the camera toward the destroyed mansion, as he uses dark matter to rebuild it. it. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, ooh, snap! They think they're getting a sequel. <laughs> so I guess it ends with you turning evil, yeah. technically. Well, it's somewhat ambiguous, but it's kind of the kind of nudging in that direction. Yeah, it's it's. There's probably some sort of lore justification. I think it's that your arm prevents the dark matter from taking hold in your blood, but he's already super susceptible to dark matter. So every time you kill a boss, his arm kind of like is in pain and he almost succumbs to it. But when he finally cuts off muscle back, it stops processing his blood and removing the uh, dark matter. Yeah. So his like fully powers up, regrows his arm and becomes evil, rules the dark side of the moon. You can tell that Jake was actually doing research from playing this game while I was off on Gigolo missions and occasionally doing like the side challenges. Yeah, there there is kind of a plot here, and they they give it all to you at the end in the form of just like a journal, journal entries on yeah. all the characters. They actually tell you what the symbolism is for things that appear to have symbolism. They're like, oh, the moon turned red in this sequence because that represents Mars, which is. Uh, the god of war. Oh my god. And this is aggression. And you're like, I get that, but doesn't it mean more if you don't tell me that exactly what it means? Yeah. Um, there's better ways to convey that, I feel. Yeah. But again, not really the focus of the game. Yeah. Um, explaining stuff's kind of... It's not necessary for this. We spent. I've spent too much time trying to explain it in this podcast. That's not necessary. You play this game for the gameplay <laughs> and for the weird experience it is. Speaking of, uh, we still have one more left if you want to... Yeah. Should we cover it? Nah, I mean, you, you can take it. You can take this one. That's fine. All right, so there is a DLC thing. It's part of Nightmare Edition, episode 51, because mm-hmm. Suda... Anyway, you get it. <laughs> called The Man Who Stole Blood. Yeah. And your client is a vampire lady... Betty. Betty. <laughs> Betty. <laughs> Who, she goes out on a date with this guy, and, like, they try and suck each other's blood because they're both vampires. <laughs> but he's, she's a pure blood vampire, and he's something else more evil-er. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go into this very gothic castle, fight through some, quotes, vampires, but they're not actually how we imagine vampires. They're wires. They're wire type thing yeah um, nothing really crazy about the level per se or anything it does um, have more you meet, effort you meet your unicorn again because that's a thing yeah we didn't mention the unicorn there's a unicorn <laughs> you have a unicorn and uh the boss fight i think was actually interesting though because he starts off in the cutscene as like a normal guy very distinguished graying hair type thing um 
but then he transforms almost immediately where he has like a, a face in his chest and two bat wings yeah and he'll kind of like summon enemies and shoot projectiles at you and also just has like bats swarming around him so if i got close i took damage hmm. it's kind of weird but that's another three phaser where you have to like shoot him out of the sky which means you need to like kill the enemies on the ground get blood shoot repeat yeah um i'd say more challenging than some of the boss fights it would have been if my uh, my charge cannon wasn't almost maxed out by this point. Yeah. Like, it charges through, like, three levels of charge, and at the third level of charge, it basically one-hits all enemies. Oh, wow. Except except him. But, like, normal enemies that spawn, you're just like, everything dies. <laughs> it's the BFG. <laughs> it is It is pretty much a BFG, yeah. doesn't even have to be precise shots, because the game does not have great controls for aiming. It, the level itself actually unlocks around, like, episode four or five. Mm-hmm. So I feel like canonically, they so, want you to do it earlier, which I did. Mm-hmm. I think you said you did it uh, towards the end of the game. Yeah, I did it after I completed the last mission. But canonically, like you said, it happens midway through the episodes. Um, because you can date Betty yes. at like, any point. But yeah, uh, Brian hasn't had his medal replaced by gold, so it's not towards <laughs> the end of the game. That's another thing that happens. But yeah, it's... Uh, kind of just a nice little bonus bonus mission i think it's pretty obvious that they put more time into this level than like any other single level in the game definitely true um it's also a long mission but that's fine it's good that's most of the game what did you think about it overall it made me want to so when i first played it i I think i enjoyed it more this is a game that has like a lot of repetitive sections and there's a lot of sections where i was like i wish i could not (laughs) yeah um going back having to grind through certain things like there's some really cool moments and then there's parts where the pacing is just i'm gonna say garbage basically like it doesn't it makes you not want to play video games this video game in particular (laughs) um but at its peaks it's awesome it's like the fight with the uh yakuza leader the nonsense with the train i think is the appropriate level of nonsense Um, it's almost like you're playing a cuphead you're fighting a cuphead boss basically and that's fine like it's absurd and everyone expects it to be absurd it's just and I agree with you kind of is weaker in the parts like the dream sequences you're kind of Mm -hmm. slowed down or gated in some way and it's not it's like it's trying to be serious there yeah when that's not really it's forte Mm -hmm. it's good with like the give me the action give me a little bit of the sexiness give me a little bit of the nonsensical yeah and just play around with that because it's supposed to be entertaining and fun i don't need david plot no <laughs> don't scream my name at me again please thank you <laughs> thank you much it's like i think most of, i agree i agree most of the time most of the time they ride the line perfect and they're like hey this is nonsense fourth wall will be shattered by the time you're done with this experience because we just keep talking about the fact that this is a game yeah but uh we're not gonna try to sell you on symbolism or anything other times they try to sell you on symbolism that's a waste of time um, but as a hack and slash action game it is perfect perfectly worth seven dollars and fifty cents <laughs> which is about how much i would probably Ooh, spend getting on down to the two quarters there <laughs> yeah. but uh Really playing it this time just made me want to play uh, Devil May Cry or Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. What about Bayonetta? 
Uh, ooh, that one's interesting. I haven't beaten Bayonetta. Me either. But um, I, I do have it. Now. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't cover Bayonetta after this because it's, it's the same type of game. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm convinced Bayonetta's a better game than this one. I haven't beaten it, so there's no like evidence to back that up. But uh, it definitely is. I feel like it is, right? I've only played it for like three hours, but I know that's already true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's th- those other games just have deeper systems. This one has like an upgrade system, and there's like nine, maybe twelve upgrades total. Well, things you can't upgrade, but it's not like you don't have the options for trees. Yeah, it's like your gun will be better, and you're like. Thumbs up, nice. That's that's cool. <laughs> I like better gun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all like ancillary systems. They felt like they just they needed they need another layer. They need another layer. It's not none of those are very deep. Yeah, yeah. It's all just there to keep you from going too fatigued by the time you beat the game. The one system I really do like in Killer's Dead though mm-hmm. is if you have your combo built up enough, up enough, mm-hmm. and you kill an enemy, you have the option of judgment X, Y, A, or B, yeah. and each one has like a different reward, and you'll do that special type of kill. So you can get health back, you can upgrade your health level or your blood level, mm-hmm. or just get the currency to upgrade. Yep. So that was cool at times because I'd be like, oh fuck, I've been playing really poorly. I don't have much health. Right let me build my combo, murder somebody, and then just rein in all that health back, which is nice. Yeah, they have a, it also has a very forgiving, um, there's a lot of safety nets in place. There's, we talked about the Mika uh, to, uh, tickets for revives. That, like, fills you to full health. Yeah. You can have, like, I had five of them. I just bought a couple extra just in case, and then, like, I died three times in my playthrough. And it tells you how many times you die at the end. <laughs> I wasn't like OCD about that. And uh, so I barely needed those. But uh, it's a full it's a full heal in the middle of the boss fight. The boss doesn't get more health or anything like that. It's just, as long as you have these, you you will not lose, kind of regardless of what mm-hmm. your, your skill level is. Um, and then they have, like, consumable tokens that, like, fill your combo meter to full immediately. Like, blue tickets, I think they're called. Um there's like there's a lot of kind of assists assists yeah that's a that's a good word for it um so it's it doesn't feel nearly as hardcore as something like devil may cry where it's just like oh you didn't maintain a 500 hit combo for the entire level and you let that slip once that's gonna that's gonna be a c c rating I'm, i'm sorry about that you know rough that's not how that game works but it's but you, you get where I'm coming from. This is a standalone experience, but if you enjoy those games, you're probably more likely to enjoy something like this. Yeah, this seems more of like an, a bit of an ad hoc mishmash of certain things. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, we like this, your genre, but let's play around with it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what Suda does. He, like, I'm going to make a game of this type. It will have some, like, light elements of this type. And we're going to, like, throw in some sexuality, and we'll push it out, and we'll release six games in 2012, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any... I would say No More Heroes was a really good game in that hack-and-slash space mm-hmm. from, like, the Suda family. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, uh, nothing's really jumping to mind where I'm like, you gotta try this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No More Heroes, I mean, would it have been nearly as good a, of a game if... If it wasn't, if you on didn't the Wii, have the jack off motion, in if order it wasn't to, on the Wii, in order to power up your lightsaber, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I know very little about that game. Protagonist is Travis Touchdown. Jack off motion in order to charge up his weapon. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> that being said, that's that's where I think Killer's Dead falls for me. I don't think I could give it much higher than like a seven now. It's like it's aged. Yeah, it definitely has. But like the art style's so nice. Mm-hmm. Um the voice acting is decent enough for how fucking cheesy it is. Yes. It's a fun to play once, get it on sale, mm-hmm. and beyond that, I can't give it a hard recommendation. Yeah. Would you give it a soft-boiled recommendation? All right, guys, that's enough time we have for today. Um, you can always like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. Jake is nodding his head, making sure I'm not fucking this up. Uh-huh, yep. Uh, we're also on Spotify, which is where you're probably listening to this now. Yeah spotify.com slash soapstone podcast yeah i don't know if that's a valid url eh fuck it <laughs> google it if you didn't know yeah. um and then just go a couple pages back and you'll find us <laughs> yeah we also got gmail uh, if you want to send in uh, personal emails uh you can at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com um that's fine we only we only pay attention to facebook obviously that's where all of our true fans post in Thanks, true fans. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's about it. So until we uh, come back with God of War three months from now, <laughs> we'll try and find some stuff to fill the time. Until then, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about um, politics. Yeah. No. <laughs> we'll see you in the next one. Totally clueless. Master, you lost consciousness after that tragedy. It undoubtedly caused you incredible pain. Tragedy?
Master, it is dangerous if you try too hard to remember.